Do you like getting faded? Interested in music and skateboarding? Let's get clearly faded and dive into some awesome conversations. More thoughts on filtered is a podcast with real conversations and real people. Brought to you by the Moors with your hosts Davion and Leilani. Follow them on Instagram at More Thoughts Unfiltered, and to keep up with the latest on the Moor, check out their website MoorThoughtsUnfiltered.com. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Leilani, and we're here on another episode of More Thoughts Unfiltered. I'm with... Davion. And tonight, we have a very special guest to, uh, on our... Well, I... Sorry, I cleared out for a sec. Uh, we have a very special guest on our episode. I'll let him introduce himself. Hey, what's going on? My name is Jason Klotz. Here on the show today to talk about Clearly Faded, skateboarding, and a bunch of other cool stuff. Yes. Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Thank you for joining us tonight, man. Thanks it's for definitely um, going to be an awesome podcast. Uh, it's Great. been a long day for us, so excuse me. I'm a little scattered thoughts today in our podcast. There's more thoughts, but I'm a little scattered <laughs> in the brain still. <laughs> but right. um, thank you for joining us. Um, yeah, go me. ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself. Man, uh, I love skateboarding. I love weed. I love my wife, my family. I don't know. It's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so pretty much on this podcast, we bring people on. We talk about um, entrepreneurship, cannabis, family values, which you mentioned all yep. three of those. So <laughs> this definitely would be a perfect fit for us. So um, what we really want to come on today and talk about, we'll start off with um, tell the people about where you're from sure. um, and what inspires you to to wake up every day. And that's where we'll start out. All right, cool. I'm from a place called Absecan Island in New Jersey. Uh, most people know it from Atlantic City. Part of the town that I'm from is called Margate. And um, yeah, grew up on a little summer town island pretty much that has a uh, city similar to Vegas on the beach. It's like the East Coast kind of shittier version of Vegas. And uh, <laughs> it's a little weird place in reality. Um, definitely got a lot of motivation to skateboard being that it's uh, an island you gets boring so skateboarding and surfing as a kid were like something my dad introduced me to because he was a surfer and uh just been obsessed with that since i was like 12 or 11 years old probably and uh skateboarding definitely inspires me to wake up every day since i was a kid keeps me motivated and uh my family super important just to uh you know be there for them and my friends nice nice that's yeah. definitely awesome you know you don't hear a lot of people talk about their family you know that's one of the biggest things that i think um this world is missing a lot is a family you know touch to it so we're clearly we definitely appreciate that yeah. so um with that being said you know the wife kicked it off by talking about clearly faded sure i first saw that sticker at a dispensary we don't say the dispensary but sure. um i saw it at the job that i used to work at sure, sure. and i actually got it on one of my on my bottle i got it on my flask awesome. and i was just like oh that's a fucking sick ass sticker right <laughs> here i fucking love this sticker yeah. and i had no idea what it was i just know it was clearly fucking that. faded that's what and we then go for. That's one day <laughs> uh my wife had came home i think this was after you started working i was like hey the guy who you know the ceo of clearly faded works with me and i was like <laughs> 
Really? <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know that was like a thing. I just thought it was a fucking sticker. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. can you tell us what Clearly Faded is exactly? Sure. Uh, right now, we sell a um, bunch of different products. We have from skateboard wax, rolling papers, socks, beanies, uh, varsity jackets, hoodies, t-shirts, girl shirts. And uh, yeah, that, right now that's where we're at. But the goal is to get it on cannabis products in the future and uh, just keep growing the, the gear. I really want to just keep making cool clothes, work with some good artists and designers. That's awesome. Yeah. So I've, I've been looking at like your tabs on your website. You have different ones, um, including yeah. cannabis. How have you been able to incorporate cannabis into your brand and of course your name kind of has something to do with it so sure. how did you come up with your name so i always loved weed and um skateboarding i always loved too so we definitely uh naturally the brand had to do with those things but the original story of how clearly faded was created i was um going to this nightclub in atlantic city that a skateboarder friend of mine was the manager of and i had gotten asked to uh shoot photos like as a uh, substitute for the guy who does it normally because he was going on vacation and um it was really fun just taking pictures all night long and just people kept asking me the whole time uh do you have a card do you are you putting this mm -hmm. on a website whatever and so that got me thinking like I should do a blog or something and make a uh, a name, come up with a name. So me and my friend were driving down the street and I was like, yo, I want to do this blog. Uh, I'm trying to come up with a name. And like that same moment, it was like meant to be Kendrick Lamar's song, uh, uh, Swimming Pools came on and he just like faded, faded. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like that word. Like, all right, maybe we could put that in there. And I was like, well, the people are faded at the club. And then I'm like, oh, and the photos are clear. So I was like, yo, what do you think about clear and faded nights? And my <laughs> homie was like, well, that's cool. What about clearly faded nights? And then he was like, oh, shit. What about clearly faded? <laughs> and I was driving at the time. So when he screamed, oh, shit, I thought we were about to hit something. <laughs> and he's like my, my good friend's little brother. So I was just like. Yo, man, shut the fuck up, bro. Like, you just gave me a heart attack, yo. I thought we were about to hit something. Why are you screaming like that? <laughs> and then just uh, out of just, like, ego and anger, I was just like, it clearly faded, man. We might as well just call it fucking wasted, bro. I don't know, man. Come on, dude. Like, just think about it. And then I chilled out, and I just uh, thought about it, so even talked to my grandma about it because she was just, like, me and her super close. All three of us had a conversation, and we were just like, yeah, clearly faded definitely sounds the best. Because we were playing with a few names, and then I had to be like, yo, my bad, bro. I'm sorry, man. I had to apologize and yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because it was just like, but you know, it was like, as the name was born, it was like, it was an explosion of energy. And now it's something y'all can look back on, like, hey, sure. you know how that name came about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, so then we started really just doing nightlife photography for a while. And I would just go to nightclubs, hand out these cards that said... You were clearly faded. We took your picture, downloaded it clearlyfaded.com. And I used to drink a lot and just like to go out a lot. So it was like a re way to get into all the clubs, get free drinks. And uh, it definitely, um, after a while, just kind of got played out. We weren't necessarily making any money. We were 
you know, thinking that it could be a way to advertise uh, photo and video work, and we were getting some from that, but we really just started to realize that um, the clothing was something that we could really dive into and make it a whole, like, brand, and I had already been skating my whole life, and uh, it just kind of started to make sense, like, you know what, it needs to go in this direction, because this name is dope, and everybody that we were taking pictures of and people that were hearing about it were just like, yo, we love the name. Once we did like one shirt, they, people were just, you know, hitting us up, buying them. And, uh, yeah, then just, we went as hard as we could for a while, you know, and, uh, it's been a, quite a journey. I've been doing it since 2012, 2012. So that's yeah. dedication then right there. And you still yeah. doing it. The journey has been awesome. I'm assuming because yeah. if it hasn't, if it wasn't awesome, I'm sure you wouldn't still continue to do this. Right. I, I will say that the journey has had moments of awesomeness, but the journey has been a journey where I felt every emotion. I felt like I want to quit. I felt like I love this. I felt like this is frustrating this is you know everything man you feel it all because it's just you're just going at it and you don't really know what you're doing when you start out you just you just go for it and i think that's the way the best one of the best ways that i've found to do anything is to just go for it fall sometimes pick yourself back up dust yourself off and figure out what you did right there that made you fall and don't do that again and try it another way you know that might work out and so that's pretty much that's I've a been, true skateboarder statement yeah, right there that's a skateboarding that's statement right, right there that's my philosophy on life man like i really just keep that you know idea of infinite potential that that you can really put your mind to reality in a way that if you just press hard enough and you focus enough nobody can tell you literally that you can't do it be, as long as you're the one saying that i can like for the most part yes yes i totally feel that <laughs> we were talking actually earlier about um manifestation mm -hmm. and it was funny because at the same time that we were talking about that i kept thinking about you because i feel like at work i hear that a lot we spend mm -hmm. a lot of time together because oh, we yeah. have we work together so yeah. um i feel that same similar energy that we have talked about and when he was mentioning it he was like you know i've never really thought about that didn't really know what that was until we started you know me and you started hanging out and talking getting yeah. more into it and i feel that the people that i'm around on a regular basis have that same mind frame on manifesting and just you know anything right. that you set your mind to you can accomplish it and that's what's so powerful about us individually because if we really do set ourselves up for something that we want we can get it you, you really, just have to work towards it yeah it's a hundred percent i pretty much in my mind have like a science that i believe um about why that is and so they have these machines where they can <laughs> register your thoughts on how positive or negative they are and when you look at the, the readings of the thoughts it looks like when you see somebody's heartbeat on a screen going up and down like okay. in the hospital yeah. you know it's just like just like this and so positive thoughts measure thousands of times stronger than negative thoughts now these are literal frequencies that scientists can focus in on and measure so we have five limited senses, but we're surrounded by energies and frequencies and colors and lights and vibrations that are limited 
five senses can't pick up on. So for me, the thoughts have these frequencies and energies that we can't touch, we can't feel, we can't weigh it out. So we think it doesn't mean shit. But really, it's one of the most important things in your life. Because when you start to measure your own frequencies and take control of them and omit those manifesting ideas, those affirmative ideas, that's how you do things. Like, that's how I do it on my skateboard. I don't ever, like, fall doing a trick, get up and go, yo, I might get fucked up this time. Here we go. <laughs> like, that's what's going to happen if I think that. I'm yeah. like, I got this. It's cool that my arm's bleeding. I'm not even thinking about that. Let's go. Boom. And that's just how everything with life goes. But I think that those frequencies, they kind of have like magnetic energy, like they, they attract things. And so when you're omitting negativity, those lower frequencies, then you're going to be surrounded by lower frequencies coming out of other people. You'll bring other people down to your frequency if, you know, they're not willing to get away from you and, uh, a lot of people screw themselves over with things like that. I've seen a lot of people not understand that and uh, <clears throat> put themselves in bad situations where they don't even want to be there, but they don't really understand how they got there. And it's always, to me, obvious. I'm like, you just put out a bunch of bullshit energy, and now you're confused that people are coming at you all sideways. Dude, I love that. That's an awesome saying because, I mean, this is going to sound like a repeat, but I said on the last episode, you know, there's um i've never took that i never took that serious as far as you know the energy that you put out is the energy that you get back because i've always like no like that's bullshit like right. you know just like the stars the galaxies how they align make right. you feel the way or it should make it makes you feel some type of way if the moon's out a certain way right. it's, it i never like pseudoscience yeah it, it did but now i'm understanding it more because I've been experiencing it more, you know, like when I speak mm -hmm. positive about shit, I'm not saying the most positive shit happened, but it's just the little things yeah. that people that people forget that actually happens. I'm like, oh shit, that actually played out in my favor. Just like tonight, you know, like this whole week, we've been working out, doing positive shit, not thinking about negative shit. And this week, well, I said this week, it's only fucking Monday. It <laughs> feels like, a, yeah, days. this past few days, it's been going amazing. You that's know, great. like, you know, we feel good, you know, so you about. put out those vibes. So yeah. th that's awesome, man. That's definitely cool. Yeah, man. Happiness comes from within. Like anything going on outside of your internal dialogue with yourself is really, you know, up to you how far you want to let it affect you. People don't realize that. They give other people the remote control to their own mind, you know, and they're like, oh. My whole day is done today. So you're, they're pretty much a puppet. Someone else pulling their strings. They're, they're allowing people it. affect yeah. them. They're letting they're letting things uh, just affect them too much. One of my like, there's this old story that I just love so much about letting shit go. Where like these two dudes are trying to cross a river, and these two elderly ladies ask them to carry them across the river. It's just like shallow water or whatever. They were like, we just. You know, we don't we don't want to walk through that. We don't know how to swim that good, whatever. And the dudes reluctantly, you know, the older it was an older guy and a younger guy. And the uh, older dude was cool with it. And the younger guy kind of just followed along. So they put the old ladies on their back and they walk through and they swim a little bit, get to the other side. They, they say their goodbyes. Then they're walking. And for like a mile, the young dude is just going off to the older dude. Man, 
can't believe they would ask us to put us on put themselves on our backs yeah, they don't know what we've been through today that's some bullshit man it really makes me angry like i'm a little sore now or just complaining complaining and then eventually the older dude got sick of it and he looks at him and he says you know the difference between you and me i let go of, I, I let the older lady off my back back at the river and you still got yours on the on your back and it's just that concept that like whatever happens to you in life you can allow it to just you know not affect you as long as it could if you just keep it in your in your consciousness and it's it's hard. People don't know how to do those mental push-ups and go from a negative thought to a positive thought. But that's what I call I'm one it. of those people. I, I will clearly say that. You know, it's hard, bro. I let it's hard I let the do. negative shit get so consumed in my life. And I think as society, we allow that to happen because of social media, um, of the climate that we're in in this, in this world, not just in this country, in this yeah. world right now. So a lot of these things that are happening are negative, and that's all we see. So that's when it's good sometimes to disconnect from social media and have these direct conversations with people oh, yeah. alike and That's you can important. actually feel it and yeah. it's a genuine thing and you can see like okay maybe you need to change my perspective on how i'm thinking sure. and stop letting other people dictate my feelings because at that you yeah. can't control your shit at the end of the day and so. it's impossible to do it all the time but like one thing that you know people don't even consider is you have thousands of thoughts a day so it's really hard to monitor all of them right but what you can always monitor is the subject matter of your thoughts. And once you have control over that, you can change the mat the subjects. Oh, uh, you can change the subject from a bad one to a good one. And that's what I call doing a mental push-up. That's taking that negative frequency that the scientists can measure and boosting it up to a positive one. And now, not only are you feeling better because you're omitting these positive frequencies, but now you're attracting positive frequencies too. So even in a shitty situation, you're omitting such a grateful, positive attitude that you open yourself up to so many more options of, you know, whatever it is you might want. What'd you go to school for? Uh, I went for communications. So I you're very good at communicating, but I thought you, you were for like psychology or some shit. I you know? did take a lot Philosophy. of psychology classes. I did take, uh, more than a few philosophy classes and have always been super into that stuff. That's why my Instagram name is Klotzra Thomas. Like <laughs> yeah. Makes sense I now. I like doing my studying. I really am While you're talking about Instagram, go ahead and drop your Instagram. Yeah, Klotzra Thomas and then follow the brand that clearly faded. And we got a nonprofit too called Skate AC. That's, hey, uh, cool. yeah, that's for uh, the kids. Got so a skate Explain that built. to us. Yeah, so... We established Skate AC in uh, 2018 as an official nonprofit, but it was started by a local surfer in uh, Atlantic City, my homie Jay Forslund. He was um, advocating for a skate park in AC. I was born and raised out there, so I always, you know, ideally wanted one out there, but never really thought to make it public and take it to the government and, uh, you know, go to City Hall and things like that. And he really started pushing for that. So he definitely inspired the scene and uh, started this thing called Skate AC. After a while, the city was just kind of bullshitting with us. They were saying they would give us like a million dollars and all this different stuff. And they just, it was like five or six years of getting interviewed by magazines or uh, newspapers from the city about, you know, what we were doing, but nothing ever came from it. So eventually I just got sick of it. We were going to this, uh, flat ground spot it was an old hockey rink on um sovereign avenue right on the bay in atlantic city 
and we started skating there for like a year and some change at least actually probably a few years um where eventually i just thought to myself that i should just build some stuff there some permanent stuff and uh just you know went over to home depot bought a bunch of cinder blocks and uh angle iron coping and, and we built these ledges and cemented them to the ground and nobody ever came and destroyed them so it became this place where we just kept building stuff and nobody in the city cared and uh so for like two years there was just this what we call on skateboarding a diy skate park which means do it yourself and uh i definitely helped get that started and brought all the stuff over there paid for everything built all the stuff had a bunch of homies help build everything and um then eventually this kid another surfer dude built a uh, a quarter pipe there which is like just a little ramp and um he called the news he um started taking like all the credit for it or whatever which i really didn't care about because it was illegal to do and i always figured if somebody cracked their head they try to sue me or something so i didn't want even to be that dude. like <laughs> smart I was like let him be on the cameras but i saw all these city council people in the news interview like yeah this is really cool this little skate park that tucker built over here it's got all these ledges and all this stuff i was like word the city's cool with it like they're not tripping all right fuck it i'm gonna try to go into city hall like i'm gonna go over there and tell them that i started this and why i started it so Went in there, got a meeting with the mayor because uh, I had a, my dad was a surfer and one of his surfer friends um, was connected to politicians and he was a lawyer and stuff. So he got me a meeting in um, City Hall with the mayor and we sat down and we talked about this park and this, it was this guy named Don Guardian. And uh, he basically told me that, you know, he has some presumptions about skateboarders and skateboarding, but he heard it wasn't true anymore. And he basically gave me the maybe. that Because I went in there, I wanted to know, can we raise some money? What presumptions did he have about skateboarders? Uh, he was just making some absurd comments that were definitely unnecessary. Just, you know, just thinking we were like little punks and shit like that. Like just saying some... You unresponsible know. and shit uh yeah i mean yeah. Yeah, i don't know really why i said it he was a, he was an awkward guy i dealt with a couple mayors on this project but so started there and then uh he basically told me he liked the idea my idea was to raise money to build a permanent professional obstacle there to go along with everything else i had there and there was this tennis uh not tennis uh it was a batting cage for baseball a big batting cage in the middle of this old uh hockey rink right and the ground was really good so it was perfect for skateboarding but we had to get rid of the batting cage to build the obstacle so i went in there like look i'll do a gofundme all you got to do is give me permission and uh i'm gonna um just get my friends who are build skate parks to come through and build it and so he basically told me that uh he would think about it and that it sounded cool and it was it was like a strong maybe so I just took it upon myself when the meeting was over to go home and film a, a video for YouTube and uh, social media saying that the mayor said it was cool. Proactive. And to, and to send your money to this GoFundMe account. And then we raised three G's up in like three weeks. So tons of newspapers were getting super stoked on it. They were calling the mayor's office. He was like, yeah, we're cool with it. It's going down. But he really didn't say yes, but he definitely acted like he was cool with it for a second. And then about two or three weeks later, 
I got a phone call like at like eight in the morning from the mayor's um it's the mayor's like secretary or something. It was his, his right hand man. And he calls me and he says, Yeah, somebody uh somebody tore down the skateboard park in the middle of the night and oh, uh shit. we don't know who it was. And I said, You don't know who it was? Well, our public works guys did it, but they said somebody told them to do it, and they're not allowed to tell us. I was like, y'all are the, the, you're the mayor. Like, this is the mayor's office, like, and you don't know. They were like, we think it was the state. We think it was Chris Christie. In the, he was the governor at the oh, time. Oh, I know Chris Christie. Yeah, they were like, we think it was, it was him. I'm like, what? Why would he care about some benches? Like, th these things are like nothing, you know? It was just like little ledges. and So... <laughs> they're like yeah come down to city hall we want to talk to you i go down there and uh they <laughs> they wanted to take pictures with the newspapers him shaking my hand showing that he was cool with the skateboarders because there was a re-election coming up oh so he tore the park down basically i'm making accusations but they asked me later in that same meeting well there's this one ramp that the guys couldn't get torn down can we tear that down they asked me, like, while wow, a bunch of people were talking, too. It was, like, a weird time. And uh, I was like, is that a real question you're asking me right now? Like, you're the mayor. Or, like, it wasn't the mayor asking me, but it was this right-hand yeah, yeah. man. I'm like, this is the mayor's office, like... Y'all really going to try to do this? I was like, if you're asking me, no. <laughs> you can't tear it down. And so they never tore it down, and they eventually removed the batting cage because uh, they got caught where the guy who was running for mayor was in the city uh government already so he went and told called me up told me what was really happening that they just didn't want it there because uh that we didn't have the permits to build it and things like that like it became a liability or something some punk bitches yeah they were getting <laughs> fucking all out of all, all worked up about nothing you know and, we get in people like that and and yeah for sure and so my whole thing was you know i grew up with a lot of kids that uh didn't have shit to do and didn't have as much drive as i had to skateboard but they were good skateboarders but they just gave up quick and got into like the you know being in a casino town on the beach it's a really laid back lifestyle <laughs> yeah. that everybody's living and you don't really realize when you're growing up there that that's not how people normally live, like in the casinos and on the beach. And like, and there's life. all these cities where people are hustling and bustling. So people that I grew up with are laid back and a lot of kids got hooked on drugs. So whenever I was in city hall, it was just like, I'm literally driving to city hall, seeing dudes that I know on the sidewalk, like looking all fiended out, like trying to, cause Atlantic city has a bad heroin problem. So a lot of kids I grew up with, I would see them out there. So one of my best friends is like, a bad addict and uh so that was always my drive was just like hey this isn't just for me like this is for kids growing up here this is for everybody like i don't even plan on living here like that i was just there taking care of my grandparents at the time and uh yeah so whenever they would give me shit about not doing it i'd be like yo somebody just tore a skate park down in a city that has a heroin crisis like, you guys just yeah, tore something free down for children in a place where this is happening. And they would always, oh, 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 oh when you put it like that, like, <laughs> they'd get real. And then that was kind of how we just kind of took control of the situation from there publicly. And uh, so once they tore all the shit down that we had, 
it became this issue where fuck three thousand dollars is not going to be enough money we we're going to have to raise like 13 or it was like 13 or 12 or something it says it on the gofundme and uh we got up to about at first people were like what the fuck like this dude wants more money now for this thing like he just and it was just like yeah they tore it down i know i said they were cool with it yeah. but uh now they really are cool with it like we got it all and so we somehow even from that situation people trust me and know that you know i'm from the area and that was just something that was like a life goal and dream so we got like three thousand more dollars or something from the public after that and then the hard rock casino stepped up eventually because that mayor who tore the shit down lost the re-election to another dude who was just like all about like me and everything I had going on from clearly faded to the skate park stuff. He was just about it and just a cool dude. You know, he got into a lot of trouble, this guy, but at the same time, he really helped us out and uh, helped get some, you know, just some attention to the cause. And then eventually a donor s stepped up and uh, the Hard Rock Casino donated like $7,000. And uh, nice. then all the money went to the builder and they showed up a few months after all that went down. I think it took a total of like two years though from like the time it got torn down and we started raising money till it actually got built. So it's just like a really exhausting project mentally because it was so public and there was just so many elements that were up in the air that I just had to keep a positive attitude through a lot of like potential barriers. Like the first administration I felt like was really trying to shut the project down and not be like they were sending me to city hall all the time to do a lot of stuff that was becoming nothing. Like none of the stuff I was doing, I felt like they were trying to slow me down and I yeah. just kept stepping up to the plate every time they, they were expecting me to be like, no, I can't make it. I can't do that. And then that would be the holdup for why we weren't doing it. So, yeah, you know, after a few years, we finally got it all together. The dudes came out. My man, Zach, from 48 Blocks, his art, uh, Atlantic City Arts Foundation organization, brought all these artists there, and all this paint got donated from, from that organization. So the park not only became this amazing little skate park, but it's like, a, it's like a breathing mural, too. It's like just got murals all over the whole thing. And, and this is in Atlantic in City? In Atlantic City, yeah. Okay. And it's just become like this beautiful place for the community and for surrounding communities and people traveling to Atlantic City to go to and visit. And uh, it feels good, man. It's nice. like definitely was worth all the little little stuff that can. That's very get inspiring, under your skin. man. Yeah, that's very inspiring because like a lot of people don't fight that hard to get something that they want. I've never fought that hard to get something I want, especially if it gets government. You know, yeah. you hear government and people are normally afraid of government because sure. they're the man. Right. Yeah, so that's that's very inspiring. Let me ask you this question. Sure. How does cannabis play a daily role in your life, like as far as consumption? Because a lot of people hear skateboarding. Yeah. They think about stoners. Sure. What does the cannabis community and skateboarding um, have in common, and why are they one and another and and how do they go hand in hand so i think skateboarding and uh cannabis i think about how the communities are similar a lot um because i grew up like going to skateboard shops and around skateboard shops you have just that community vibe and so working at the pot shop you got the same thing it's like you guys are talking about different products 
talking about what you like, what you don't like. Then you start talking about other stuff. Then you got a friendship and a bond. And now, you know, it's that, it's that um, connecting element that the relatability, once you can relate to somebody, you can basically get along with them, you know? So I think that that's one of the coolest parts about being in either of those industries is like anybody walks through the door, you know, that like y'all got something in common. So you've been in a, you know, the skateboard industry pretty much your whole life, right? Yeah. I mean, not necessarily always making money, but as far as just being somebody who's involved with the teams and, and in the videos and the magazines. Who's your sponsor? Like I have a few sponsors. I ride for uh, Shut Skateboards for almost 10 years now. I just got a board for them. Super hyped on that. Shout outs to Adam, Eli, and Rodney. Much love. And then I got uh, 550 Wheels. My homie Dan hooks me up. I ride for Nocturnal Skate Shop in Philadelphia. Um, Definitely represent Clearly Faded. Uh, and Definitely got represent Clearly yeah, Faded. For past few years, my homie Dom, who was working at Nike, was sending me some fat boxes of Nikes. I know he doesn't work there anymore, but I still have so many pairs of shoes that I haven't even had to like call around to figure out how to get some more. So See? shout out to Dom and Nike SB for blessing it up for a couple of years. They were just sending me 10 packs of kicks. It was awesome. Nice. And for those of you who don't know, you're also a bud tender here in town in Las Vegas. I am a bud tender at a local Vegas. dispensary. I sure am. Um, how is that industry going for you? Like, are you enjoying it. it? Yeah, I definitely enjoy it, man. It's like, um, like I said, it just reminds me of working at a skate shop. Almost, it's just community vibe. I got something that I relate with and that I love a lot. That everybody else pretty much loves a lot who works there and shops there. So, I think. You know, when we go back to those those energies from your thoughts, when you're around things that you're passionate about and that you love, that's like the yes. highest frequency. So being in those areas for me always help where I can be true about who I am, you know, because we smoking weed on the East Coast when I was a kid definitely wasn't like something that was favored or was kind of frowned upon, you know, and because uh, I started when I was like, 13 or something hey, so it was i started like, when i was 14 yeah, how do you know i'm 31 so <laughs> we've been smoking the same amount of years <laughs> yes, dude yeah <laughs> that's and fucking so, awesome so you know starting that young there was still a lot of propaganda around that time the dare program was still hot <laughs> i literally thought i was killing my brain cells when i started smoking weed and felt like i'm fucking my life up but this is making me feel good uh, i'm and, fucking uh, clearly faded yeah and then as i got older i just realized that it wasn't bad you know and that and the more i learned about it the more i realized there was like a conspiracy to hide it for all these years uh, how beneficial it is so helps like, me in so many ways i like referring to like people like coming out of the darkness because yeah. i feel like as more and more it becomes more Come regulated, out of the closet. Sure. yeah right <laughs> um you feel like oh you smoke yeah wait, exactly wait, what you do too you right. know and it's it's funny because it's becoming more of a normal thing sure but i i just can't wait till it's completely like not bashed when it is brought up yeah that makes sense for sure there's still that definitely, definitely makes some sense. uh static with it but yeah, it was funny. Actually, I went to the dentist today and my hygienist was 
hounding me with questions, not in a bad way, totally not. But she was just question after question after question about, you know, how I got into it and how my family took it and how, you know, sure. I've, I've made an impact and how I feel about certain things. And it's people are so curious about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it was totally illegal and like you're a bad person if you sold weed you're selling you're a drug dealer yeah. now your lawyer smokes weed your doctor i mean okay. yeah your doctor smokes your weed doctor you know might come and be a patient and be like hey you know what these pills aren't working you guys got something and you see like, so you go, many doc. different like walks, walks of life, of life yeah. come through those doors and it's amazing because i've seen like i started out in the industry as an admin checking in people so I saw everybody's face come through that door. It didn't get past me. So just to see the different walks of life is beautiful because years ago you were meeting some guy in a Walmart parking in a Walmart yeah. parking lot in fucking McDonald's somewhere. Now it's beautiful. You're able to just to walk in the doors and yeah. hey, I need this. Um, give me this. Give me this. So that's fucking amazing. Um, with that being said, does your girl does she smoke consume? A uh, little bit. She honestly doesn't like it as uh, much as I do as far as like, you know, she's super strong minded. So cannabis definitely can take you out of your own mental space a little bit, I would say. So I think when she loses that control of like how she's used to feeling, she doesn't really like it as much. So she'll take secondhand, like I'll give her some, you know, secondhand smoke and stuff and gotcha. she'll puff a little bit, but. She more likes to uh, just do CBD and stuff CBD. like that. Yeah. And that's the amazing part about, you know, cannabis. You know, it's more than one form that you can consume. You know, a lot of people get caught up in just the THC aspect. And, you know, speaking of your girl and CBD, you know, you want to talk a little bit about her line? You brought us some of the product that she has. It's called Canna Chip. Canna Chick. Canna Chick. Yeah. I love the yeah. name. It's, it's 100% raw and it's vegan, so that's even amazing. It's non-psychoactive, THC-free, lab-tested for purity and potency, no sugar added, 100% natural ingredients. That's amazing. Yeah. But go ahead and tell the people a little bit more about this. Sure. So from working at a uh, dispensary for this past year, after a while, I started to realize that I just, you know, I noticed there were no CBD products, really, with natural ingredients uh, that I was seeing that you know, in the store or on other markets that much. So we just wanted to really provide something to the consumer who maybe doesn't want to get the, you know, mental, um, what would you call it? They, they might not want to feel anything psychoactively, but they want to feel the effects of the plant. So it's just a way to just from having sick customers uh, come in and not wanting to give them sugar because they have cancer, or, but they don't want to get high, but they want CBD, and they're still kind of afraid of weed, but they're willing to try anything. And it was just like, you know, feeling a little... I studied nutrition a lot in my life, so knowing that certain ingredients aren't good for you and I'm giving them to a sick person consciously wasn't feeling that that much. So I wanted to try to see if my wife and my sister-in-law, who are amazing um, cooks could bring something to that, you know, uh, issue. And they developed this amazing product. They came up with the name, they cook it all, they designed everything, they're doing it all, and they're killing it. I'm super proud of them. And I'm just happy that I was able to like, inspire them a little bit. But 
they're doing everything with this this is all them and it's called can a chick they're killing it and uh we're gonna be trying to get them in a lot of stores near everybody real soon i'm gonna i'm gonna try one right now yes you do yeah i want to try one as well and you know what's amazing about it as well you're mentioning it's two women doing it the industry is not empowered by women enough by minorities enough and that's including women so it's awesome to see women taking charge of going after going after it you know so they're both uh first generation immigrants too they've both been here for uh i think my wife's been here about like four years and uh Victoria's been here. This is so tasty. Mm. (laughs) They're delicious. Definitely fucking amazing. Yeah, they're Mm. awesome. They're and wow, it's been you know amazing to just be in their family and stuff too. Because I'm sorry, I'm chewing on the mic. Let me me mine. Yeah, I'm over here like chewing. (laughs) He doesn't want to chew on the mic. Wow. But yeah, uh, they they super motivated, super hardworking women, and uh, my brother-in-law too. These guys, they all just work, and and they came to america with a dream and unlike a lot of uh kids that you know i think grow up here with a lot of privilege and things like that they really respect and understand how many opportunities we have here in america and i think it's important for regular citizens of america to realize that you don't have it bad just because you don't have as much money as the millionaire kid you grew up with you have it really good because you're in America and there's money to get all around you all the time. All you have to do is be a good person and go hard and don't give up and focus your mind and focus your dreams. A lot of people just want to be rich, hang out, eat and drink and be merry, but that's really not, that hedonistic lifestyle gets you nowhere real quick and it does not add up to anything that you can look at and say, oh, I built that just sitting around eating and drinking and hanging out. So as much as people think that's what they want to do is have a day off to do that or whatever, I suggest everybody to use their time outside of their work or their school or whatever to focus in on their dreams. Because if you're getting wasted, you are wasting those time, that time and that energy. And I speak from experience. I've wasted a lot of time and energy drinking and hanging out and stuff like that. You know, like I said, when I started Clearly Faded, I was faded. I was partying <laughs> a lot. And uh you know alcohol really had control of me and and there was a lot of things that you know maybe i missed out on or whatever because i couldn't wake up past three in the afternoon or whatever because i was out till five or six in the morning running around casinos and stuff so so it's clearly faded all you is this just all your vision or do you have somebody who's helping you like a boy some boys yeah how does that work so clearly faded started with me and one of my best friends in the world my man sharif shoutout and uh he actually uh was there he's the one who came up with the name um like i said i said clear and faded nights and then he brought it down to clearly faded nights and then he just said yo just clearly faded and then we developed it together worked on it hard together um after a few years he kind of we had like a little falling out or whatever i probably would say that you know me having uh, an alcohol problem at the time definitely didn't help the working relationship or environment for him. So, you know, uh, he eventually, we just kind of stopped working together on it, at, but we stayed friends and now we're like better friends than ever. Um, and so he has uh, part ownership of the company. Um, like, you know, he's got like an 8% or something agreement we have, but he really doesn't have to do anything ever. Like, that's the agreement. It's like, that's my man. So no matter what, when Clearly Faded makes it, he's always getting 8%, you know, 
and we're still working out the way that agreement works and things like that. But that's, you know, we, we wanted something fair where it was like he didn't have to feel obligated to continue to be involved if he didn't want to be. He still does help with tons of stuff. But yeah, so it's just like a, we have a good relationship. We're good. And, and so me and him started it. And then I went, uh, since I came out here, I got a new business partner that uh, he's got his own like marketing agency and it's called Studio Las Vegas. And um, he's really been getting behind it a lot and, and helping out. And uh, we're, we're working out an agreement where, you know, we we uh, build together basically and, and split profits and things like that. But still ownership is with us and uh it's it's cool it's been great to have somebody to work with and build with so how long have you been in vegas i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off i was just gonna say so now that you're in vegas like you're bringing it here and do you see yourselves being here permanently or how how is that looking like so um we definitely want to be like on east and west coast as the future goes on, we love it both out here. It's it's really crazy how torn I feel between both coasts. Um, some days I really want to just hang out here and stay here, and then other days I want to go back to the East Coast and go to Philly and New York and Atlantic City, um, just because I have so many family and friends there that I mm-hmm. miss seeing all the time. And uh, but you know, it's, it's really uh, it's hard to say right now. It's hard to say, but I definitely want to keep clearly faded operating out of Vegas with all the trade shows and now we have like this warehouse facility that Studio Las Vegas has granted clearly faded access to and uh, you know we're, we're always going to be located in Vegas and we're trying to have a location and representation on the east coast as well. Nice. Yeah. So I got a question. How's the Vegas skate scene compared to back home? Like do you notice sure. there's a big difference? Do you, Are they committed? as your boys but of course they're not coming as your boys back home because they can never compare it to your boys back home of course but how do you see the scene out here compared to back home the skate scene um i mean to me uh skateboarding is very similar wherever you go it's just brotherhood and and friendship and bonds and a lot of time spent mastering your craft but uh you know it's just a to me a terrain difference the um, there's a lot of ditch spots here there's a lot of um, like skate parks in the east coast we have a lot of uh, it's like more dense as far as like how many houses and properties are like in the cities Um, so there's like it's a lot of spots where you have to set your feet up real quick because you're just going to hit this ledge and there's not that much space because there's only like three houses right there or something like where here's things just seem to be more spread out a little bit but um yeah that's probably the main like we don't have any ditches here and here in vegas there's all these drainage ditches that are super oh, good yeah. for skateboarding and <laughs> i can imagine <laughs> yeah when you said that a light kind of blinked yeah, it's, it's like, like oh yeah yeah i wasn't 100 percent on the well, i don't skateboard okay so let me let me tell you my my embarrassment <laughs> with skateboards every time i've tried to actually get on a say skateboard i've literally fallen on my ass like i go to stand up and like do anything and uh, done so i have after yep after a few (laughs) times i've just i'm good i can't (laughs) i don't get on skateboards but it's just it's one of those things where you got to pay to play it doesn't matter you know the best dudes they get hurt the hardest 
So that's just the type of sport it My is. My memory on like, a skateboard is just me getting on my knee and pushing with a leg. You know? That's how it starts. <laughs> that was me on a skateboard. I never that's got past the point of standing up on a skateboard. It's just, I I mean, don't get me wrong, I've stumped on a skateboard. Sure. But I've just been like, uh, nah, I don't want to slip and fall. Because I've been on some skateboards that are fucking super stiff that I can stand on. Yeah. And then I've got on some skateboards that are just like straight up, you can like sure. fucking maneuver pretty good right right yeah but i see different. a lot of people going down some cool ass hill on skateboards I'm like that looks fucking fun i wish <laughs> yeah. i can do that shit but i would never do it right i hear that so you said that the ditches and stuff like is it weird or like do you look for like things that are built that are not necessarily made for skateboarding but are like like i don't know like driving 100%, down the street yeah 100%. <laughs> since i was you know first got addicted to skateboarding it's like the world becomes a skate park especially where i'm from there was no skate park till i got one built so it was like automatic that you're just looking at every casino like all right look at that ledge at trump plaza oh shit, that marble is fire we're going there it's going down you know i've been kicked off of every property in atlantic city and like that's one of the funny parts about building something there and working with the government it was a weird experience for me being that my experiences dealing with the government were always just like don't smoke weed here don't <laughs> skateboard here get the fuck out of here we're gonna give you a ticket give us your skateboard all that stuff so it was it was really inspiring to to be able to just see skateboarding and uh cannabis these past few years become so mainstream you know and where do you see cannabis going with you know we're in a new de decade now where do you see cannabis going this next decade Fuck, man, I think and I hope it'll heal the world yes. <laughs> straight up. Yes. I think the higher we get everybody, the higher those frequencies from everybody's brains will be, the more people will self-reflect and uh, chill out. You know, it's stress is probably the number one killer in the world. And if people could just relieve themselves Smoke of that stress without drinking spirits and poison, I think they'd be able to deal with their issues better. Man. Oh, 100%. Like, I, I think I've even, we've even had a conversation where we're like, if these people could just smoke a little yep. weed, like, yeah. and that's what's so crazy because pe you, you'd think that they like being so stressed all the time. Yeah. If our government could just smoke some weed, you know who needs to smoke some weed? America and Iran need to just smoke some weed and just chill the fuck out right For now sure. before they start shooting off nuclear weapons at each other. Yeah, man. But no, I mean, everybody needs to just relax and smoke. So that's definitely, yeah. you know, a good... I had outlook. a customer ask me today, what was it, or actually it was one of our vendors, we had a pop-up, and he, we started talking about the Iran situation, and, and he was like, yo, if you could sit down with Trump for an hour in a room, just you and him, what, what would you do? Right? And I was like... Man, I want I would want to smoke some weed with him. I want to get some weed in that man so he can chill the fuck out for a second <laughs> and let his ego dissolve a little bit because yes. it's obvious he don't smoke weed. <laughs> yes. If he did, like weed, Bob Marley famously said, reveals you to yourself. And so if you're a dickhead during your day when you're sober or whatever, you go smoke a joint, that shit's going to pop right up out of nowhere. <laughs> it's like weed almost tickles your soul and your spirit and makes it pop up on you and... and self-reflection becomes uh, just a natural thing so I, I i'm grateful for cannabis for that because i think that it kind of can help you call yourself out on your own bullshit 
And Donald Trump is so full of his own bullshit that he don't even know that he's just a bullshit-making machine at this point. Facts. <laughs> Facts like a motherfucker. <laughs> but I legitimately feel bad for him because I think that as rich as he is, as powerful as he is, I see him as a very weak and shallow individual. Insecure. Who, who probably doesn't physically feel good. He doesn't look like he's healthy. Mm-hmm. He doesn't seem like he's happy. Doesn't seem like anybody really loves him or respects him that much. You know, it's, I don't know. I try to deploy empathy even against some of the worst people because everybody started out as a baby at one point and just developed <laughs> and learned this bad behavior from some weird circumstance in their environment. And sometimes it is the environment a little bit that you have to question huh. that makes people the way they are. And so. I don't know. Let me ask you this question, because you you mentioned that he's not loved. I mean, I'm pretty sure it's an obvious question, but were you would you rather be feared or loved? Well, I think it depends on the circumstances. Well, that, you think about this question. That's to you too, Leilani. So I think that you know, if we live in a different reality than most human beings who walk this earth ever did everything we do is tracked and watched and almost everything is put out willingly to the public at this point. We all document everything we all do all the time, whether it's Facebook, Instagram, podcasts, whatever. So I think during this new era of light, you're going to have more people becoming vegans, smoking cannabis, meditating, and putting themselves out there so that the people who are doing wrong are going to be on blast too. And that's why you're getting all this outrage culture is because people are able to talk and communicate and connect with each other on a massive scale that's never been seen before. And we're really able to start like zooming in on shit that's fucked up with society and and things that are uh, making people upset. And so I heard somebody say this recently. I can't remember who it was, but they're saying that throughout history, it was always like a masculine culture in the sense that it was like rape and pillage and dominate and claim this land and throughout the ages this is our religion whatever and now you know they were always trying to get resources whether it was food or whatever and now we live in an era of abundance where like one of our biggest problems is obesity because there's so much food for so many people to eat so it's like a lot of the issues that they faced in the past we don't really have anymore now it is more about like the female energy they're saying in this new era this new age is uh the age of aquarius or whatever and that it's going to be more about feelings and empathy and compassion so we can only hope for that really i think that men just ruling in that sense about just like i want to be feared and that's like the dominant philosophy on how to be successful in reality is you know that trend needs to finally just needs to be be more love yeah just we need love everybody would do better like if Everybody smoked weed and had good <laughs> foods and like could just be in communities where they felt safe and they were, you know, relaxed a little more. I think uh, we would have a lot more happy people, but, you know, it's it's difficult. It's difficult to... You speak a lot on um, health and stuff. Yeah. I'm very curious because you, you, you speak a lot on it. Are Do you consider your... What's your eating habit? Because the wife have mentioned to me that... Yeah. You're, so um, for ten for ten weeks now, I've been back to being a vegan. About nice. Five, five or six years ago, I Plant went cold life. turkey. <laughs> yeah, five or six years ago, I went cold turkey and became vegan because I snapped my ankle in two places. And at that point, I was partying a lot. 
I loved chicken wings and pepperoni pizza and chi- Philly cheesesteaks and chicken cheesesteaks. And I don't think I ever ate vegetables or fruits when I was like from, I don't know, like, you know, 18 to 23 living on my own. I don't remember really ever <laughs> buying vegetables or anything plant-based ever. Yeah. Like, And I honestly thought I was doing good if I shopped at a... If I knew about a supermarket in the hood where everything was super cheap, I thought I was doing good. I was like, oh, yo, they got this food for dumb cheap over here. I didn't realize it was like going to make me sick and just had the most fucked up ingredients. So I just really didn't know shit about food. And um, when I broke my ankle, I got stuck in the house and I was smoking weed and I had Netflix and I stumbled upon some. I was like, let me look up some food documentaries because I was drinking smoothies. So I had an idea. I would started drinking smoothies for like a year or two that these things were making me feel good. And um, then I saw these vegan documentaries and they just fucked me up. And uh, Mm -hmm. seeing the animals get killed really upset me. But then also just hearing about what it was doing to everybody's body and being a cannabis smoker, knowing that the government lies about things that are good for your health, I really started to question all the bullshit we'd been fed our whole lives in the schools, physically fed and then mentally fed from their propaganda of what the food pyramid should consist of and <laughs> A, B, C, and D. And then you just start to realize, all right, so all these people have all these beliefs and there's these general beliefs about health and food and everybody's really unhealthy in this country. So obviously nobody knows what the fuck they are talking about. And then so that just made me realize I need to just dive into all this research. And the more I dove into it, the more I realized the plant-based diet was the best way to recover and heal. So I did that for a year, and I don't have any recurring issues with my ankle that have broken two places. But then, uh, I don't know, after like two years or something, I started eating fish again, and I was doing eggs. And uh, then I really injured my back. Um, I got hit by a car when I was 24, real bad skating. And then I got... uh, tore the L4 and L5 in my lower back so that I don't have any gel around my bones, which basically when that happens and you jump around, your bones start smashing into each other so they get super inflamed. And then there's all these, um, there's like all these strings and nerves all around the bones that when they get swollen up, they start to pinch. And so a lot of weird stuff started happening to me where it was just like hard to take a leak. My leg gave out and I, both my legs at one point I couldn't walk and I collapsed last year at one point. And I was just dealing with crazy injuries from this thing. Um, it was, they call it sciatica is one of the symptoms you get. And, uh, it was really torturous. It was honestly one of the worst, um, one of the worst injuries and I still have to deal with it. I still, it's still never been the same. And so I talked to a couple doctors and uh, got MRIs and, and I had two doctors tell me never skateboard again. Then I had a third doctor, sports doctor say, all right, we can, you can skate again, but we're going to have to like do a lot of stretching and figure this stuff out and do some physical therapy. So started doing that stuff. And then I um, recently watched the game changers and oh, shit. I've been dealing with this back injury pretty bad for months and months now. And, uh, you know, basically... I would, I could skate, and then I wouldn't be allowed, I uh, wouldn't be able to skate for a couple of weeks because it, it was just like the bone swole, got swollen up, and now there's is that an still issue. the case? So since I started doing the vegan thing, now I can skate like as many days as I want in a row. <laughs> See, and it's really not the swelling is going. Do down you guys right away. hear this? Yeah, motherfuckers think that oh we just become vegan because 
we just don't like cheeseburgers. No, I yeah. fucking want a cheeseburger, but oh. I know the benefit of a plant-based diet, what right. it's doing to my body, how it's how I'm how I'm going to be able to possibly live longer. I'm not saying I'm not going to live longer because I could get hit by a car or something. But I know if I continue to eat the food I'm eating, yeah. I'm going to live longer. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. the reason you don't like sleep on a bed filled with knives in them. It's like <laughs> you just don't want to cut yourself. You know, you don't want to hurt yourself. It's, and I think if people would look at veganism as more of a, um, a right as more as uh, like uh, a benefit than than something that's being taken from them. I think that people don't like being told what to do. So the second they hear about vegan stuff and vegan culture, their ego kicks in and says, these motherfuckers are trying to take my chicken away or my <laughs> cheesesteak away and my pizzas and my ice cream. Fuck them. That's my life. Like, I still eat pizza. Yeah. <laughs> guns right. and food. Don't fuck with that in America. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, you know, it's like what's killing us in America. Guns yeah, guns and, and food. food. Yeah. So if we could Dude, control things. That's so fucking. That's, understand things. Those are the two main things that's killing us. <laughs> yeah. Guns and food in America. For sure. Yeah. For sure. A lot of diseases are caused well, from food. Almost so. all of them. If you mm-hmm. actually go to like the healthy, you know, diet that uh, Dr. Sebi who Nipsey Hussle hey. was making the documentary about. We were just talking about yeah, this. That I told you we had a scale. podcast earlier today. And you brought it up. We, we didn't bring it up on a podcast. We were, you know, he was leaving out and we were talking and I offered him some juice and I do freshly squeezed juice every day. And I offered him some and we just got into talking about, he asked us, were we vegan? And I said, yes, but then we reframed it. I said, no, we're plant-based because... Cool. We still, she mentioned she has a leather jacket. I have a leather jacket. I still fucking That's eat honey, point. you know? So That's a good point. I'm not vegan. I am plant-based. That's Be- cool. Yeah. I like that. I think vegan... We might need to rebrand vegan with <laughs> plant-based. I think that that's yes. better because I think for many years, probably vegans have been some of their own worst advertisements. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> with just their campaigning and just the complaining. And, you know, like I said earlier, you really got to find a way to relate to people to yes. persuade people. I think that's yes. one of the best things you can do as somebody that might be my cell phone. Oh, I was like, what the hell is this? I thought it was my wife hitting her mic. I'm like, babe, can you stop doing that, please? <laughs> we talked about this. It wasn't me, I swear. <laughs> but yes, vegans, they can definitely go hard. Like, yeah. they, they're, yeah. And I, yeah, it's, it sucks sometimes. Yeah, and if you don't relate pe- to, to people and you just attack them and their lifestyle and their beliefs, you're much less likely to persuade them to do anything you want them to do because you just made them on the defense. Whereas if you try to relate to them, you know, like I had a coworker today um, who asked me about how I was eating and I talked about how I've been feeling since I started doing this again. And uh, she was saying how much inflammation and issues she has and feels and that this was very interesting to her and then she went on for the rest of the shift to like when she got a minute like research about veg- uh, vegetarian lifestyle and vegan lifestyle and was talking to some of the other co-workers about it and learning more about it and you know it started to seem like her consciousness was shifting towards that as a possibility because we found something to relate about i was Simple like conversation. i'm in pain you're in pain this is help me might help you 
and it, it was that it was it wasn't like yeah fucking it's so fucked up they kill all the animals and it's just people <laughs> yeah. walking around with cemetery bodies and it's just <laughs> like you know what i'm saying you start with that shit and people are just gonna look at you like okay i gotta get the fuck away from this hey but dude, i ain't gonna lie it's... sometimes i'm that way i tell people like my my close friends i'm like bro you eating a fucking you eating a fucking baby cow right now like yeah <laughs> With right. my boys, but not a stranger. I'm no, not going to be for like... for sure, for sure. Especially because hey, they're probably busting your balls too. That milk talk. you're drinking, it has pus in it. It has right. blood in it. It has ulcers in it. Hey, you're not a baby cow. You're not a baby cow. <laughs> Why are you? Exactly. <laughs> and you know what's funny? When you tell somebody and they try to argue the fact that, you know, you need meat to grow. I'm like, you know gorillas, you know fucking giraffes. Right. Ox, other... As strong as an ox. An ox don't, don't eat, eat no meat. hippos. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't eat no fucking meat. And they're like, gorillas. And I really don't judge people who want to eat it and eat it. I just think that, you know, if you are going to do it, try your best to, number one, include more plants in your diet, but also look at the information with an open mind when you do and do your research. Don't just think this is propaganda to be vegan. Think, would the meat industry and the cheese industry and these other industries invest a lot of money into propaganda to make me think this is healthier than it is is this a sick fucking country that is got some of the worst health crises going on in the modern world like and then from that perspective decide what you want to do but don't just like get defensive because your mom gave you mac and cheese and hot dogs your whole life and you just love <laughs> that's them how you like, like. Uh, yeah, that's and that's what's truth. so crazy because we can sit here and be like, yeah, you know, like we're vegan or whatever, because that's that's the easiest way to explain to someone. Because you, you try try explaining to them and they're like, what do you mean? Or you can you eat that? Can you eat this? But when you try to tell them and then they're like, what do you mean? And then they get offended so easily where it's like, wait, I should be offended by what you're just saying to me because you don't understand my lifestyle so just let me live my lifestyle right. and you can live your own right and that's what's so crazy about it because it's like whoa i wasn't bashing you eating your hamburger i mean yes we have done that like he just <laughs> said but i wasn't you know yeah, so yeah. why are you judging me not yeah. eating the meat oh yeah. yeah oh they hear vegan they go they, some people just want to debate immediately let's <laughs> yeah. go like so i get jealous when i see somebody eating a burger like right if i see you eating some ribs yeah i don't sit there and necessarily think like oh you're fucked up for eating those ribs if i'm hungry i'm like damn that looks fucking fire because <laughs> oh, i think back sure. to my days i grew up on that shit especially so I, if you're hungry yeah i'm like damn that looks fucking delicious <laughs> right there i feel yes you. i used to eat uh bacon with a side of eggs <laughs> <laughs> that was like I love bacon, yep. and I'd be yep. a young kid grabbing my heart after I ate. Oh man, I'm getting a heartburn. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> oh my not gosh. knowing what's going on is not good. <laughs> now that you're yeah. more aware, yeah, because well, I, I used so much to... acne when I was a kid, like so much acne and just so many issues with my stomach and stuff. That as soon as I went on this program, it's like everything just went away, and it was like and oh, people okay. don't believe it. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome test yourself if you're out there and you just want to try you don't have to fucking do it your whole life just try it out for a week see you how you feel, feel right one of our good friends are doing it i'm yeah. sure you actually know joe, him, right? joe yeah he's I doing a whole 30 day vegan that's cool. diet and he owns a fucking pizza shop that has cheese pepperoni sure. sausage chicken so that shows you the devotion and he's just like i'm gonna try it and see how it that's feels. that's open-minded 
and I'm you're like, in the business to not sell those or to to sell those things, and you're still willing to try. Yeah, that's yeah. how you know he's got like his souls open. Exactly. You know so it's awesome. Some people would literally be like vegan challenge. Fuck no, I sell. <laughs> you know sausage and and cheese and all this i'm not gonna try to not eat those yeah. things like that'd be but you know him you and should. his family have been very open to the whole vegan diet especially since they opened up the shop because we've been coming in there you know and they've they've yeah. been letting us know like hey we tried this it was pretty good <laughs> sure. joe joe for the first time yesterday said he tried vegan pizza at his own shop and he was like it wasn't bad. He was like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I miss the cheese, but it definitely isn't bad. So, you know that we get addicted to a lot of that food, too. After a while, they actually put chemicals into some of the meats and the cheeses so that, like, you crave them. Mm-hmm. The same chemicals that are found in the cigarettes. They put those very similar, if not, I believe they're the same ones, in those products so that you actually crave them. That's I believe up. it. Because, like, you notice, right, that maybe when you first started vegan... It was kind of hard sometimes when you'd get around those foods. A lot of like yeah. stuff in your brain be firing off. But then after a while, you're like, you can see all that stuff and not really feel like that's even something you consume. Going to her family's house, you know, my wife, you know, they, his, they're they Hispanic. They eat lots of fucking different types of meat. And I used to be like, fuck. Because like, ask her, like, sure. there used to be times where she used to wake up and ask me what I want for breakfast. And I'm like, can we make some, some corn asada and just like have some eggs with some fucking tortillas she's like yeah and we'll make that and that was our breakfast and yeah. i used to just have meat just meat and sure it was amazing i'm thinking about it now i'm over here like damn that sounds good in a way but i know what it's the doing flavor to is me. good yes yeah. flavor is good but now you can get flavor on anything we just made jackfruit pull pulled pork um sliders the other day that's the crazy part is how much stuff tastes like meat that isn't yes. meat I, yes. that was like a thing i didn't know about until i became vegan and now i'm like oh man like there's literally no reason to slaughter animals to get these flavors yeah exactly he didn't really like it but yesterday i made some um, mushroom saute and mushrooms it, are an acquired taste yes i like mushrooms yes but it it really the texture and how i cube them and everything it really reminded me of some thai saute skewers nice. you know so nice. it, it's crazy on how you can really mix your ingredients and get creative with it and still have a full-on meal that reminds you or is still you know what fulfills your craving that you were having for oh i miss oh, this definitely. meal when i used to eat meat or whatever definitely dude this has been an awesome conversation Seriously. you know we're we're just gonna wrap this up soon here but um we're gonna do a little final thoughts on this and just oh you had asked me a question yes i was gonna get back to that yes. question i was gonna say final thoughts would you rather be feared or loved so i 100 percent completely agreed with what jason had said and i feel that i would much rather be loved in where i'm going and headed in what i want to do with my life i feel that love is a cure-all a love you can give attention and love to a plant and put it in the dark and talk to it and stuff and another plant and give it light but nothing else the plant that has no light will still strive if you're giving it what it needs even though it has no light because you're giving it the love whereas the plant that has light and nothing else might not be as strong as a plant as the first one so it's it's 
that is the type of thing that I think that includes for any living thing, you know, even animals, you know, you hear about the bad rap of pit bulls, you know, but it goes to the owners. If the owner is loving and treats the dog well, then it knows what love is and it will give that right back to you. So we grow up thinking like Jason had said about being feared and you want to have this reputation where everyone's like, Oh, you know, I'm not going to mess with that person. Well, love is not a weakness. And I feel that fear could end up being a weakness and love overpowers the fear. Definitely. I agree. Especially in this, this new era of everything being out there in the open, Mm -hmm. you know, so many cameras, so many microphones, so many people (laughs) putting themselves out there do wrong you it catches up with you i mean look at kevin hart the dude has tons of money tons of fame but is making some pretty serious mistakes on camera like more than a few times because it seems like that you know certain things he just doesn't have under control and it's hard probably being under that much cameras all the time but um I don't know if you guys saw his new show. It was a little weird. I really love Kevin Hart and, and always respected him, but it made me like look like, oh yeah, you're just the dude too. I haven't his new stand up show? No, it's a new show behind the scenes and like oh, the, behind his life. Oh yes. He really I like, like that calls show. out his his personal trainer in a really disrespectful way when oh, he's drunk. Yeah. They talk about how, you know, this is the second marriage, he cheated on his wife and like all the issues around that and just I don't know. It just seemed like, you know, you just got to really, especially if you're famous and you're in the public like that now in this day and age, like your behavior's got to be on point all the time. Oh, definitely. I did see the documentary um, and I thought it was very inspiring in some ways because of, you know, where he came from and to see how far he has come. And a lot of people, I think, forget that, you know, a lot of these celebrities are still human, you know, and Definitely. they make mistakes and we're always there as, you know, outsiders looking in to judge. But at the same time, they put themselves on that pedestal to be judged because of the artwork that they put out and the the platform that they that they have at their disposal. So, yeah. you know, it's definitely doesn't come at a at a, you know, at a it comes at a cost of being famous so the pedestal thing is real like that's something you know i think i definitely put him on a pedestal because he's so funny and good at what he does and in so many things and works so hard i just like thought in my head he's probably like does everything perfect and then Mm -hmm. you see the behind the scenes and you're like oh wait he definitely is just a normal dude too like (laughs) he's making mistakes all over the place (laughs) but he owns up to it and and makes comedy out of it and Still tons of respect. I don't mean it like that. I guess it was just, you know, interesting that when you willingly put yourself on camera all yes. the time, that knowing that you still can be that famous, that much, you know, invested still in be what a you're dick. doing. And still fuck up. And still <laughs> well, something that he had said, Davion had mentioned when we were watching was he said himself, like, I didn't have my friends around me to tell me, no, don't do that. And that, like you had said, you know, that that's a weakness in his mind, you know, and a celebrity can still have those weaknesses. It doesn't matter how much money you have, how much fame you have, how many cars, homes, whatever, you still have your weaknesses. And I think it was very big of him to go detailed into what happened during that time. For sure. And for him to open up about it, to let 
us or his fans know hey you know this was a low point in my life because not all celebrities do you know you hear about their celebrities and this scandal and that scandal but that's it you just hear about the scandal and not behind the scenes what happened what caused what came out of it and props to his girl she's still right next to him and everyone has their own decisions that they make and stuff and and that that's big of her too you know regardless of what anyone else says i i mean me and him have talked infidelity is not something that we would deal with but you have to respect the person and their decisions and what's best for their life because that's what's best for their life definitely and i think you know going on to that point a lot of people you said you made a comment saying that he that was big of him to put that out there it's not even celebrities it's people in general you know a lot of people with social media only post the things that they're doing successfully not what they're struggling with sure and it portrays this the, the, this this notion of everybody succeeding so when you have that one person are those millions of people who are not feeling like they're reaching their full potential then it becomes that lack of insecurities that people have within themselves like well i see this person is doing this I'm not even doing, like, what am I doing with my life right now? So, you know, I mentioned one of my goals this year was to not just post all the positive. You know, if I'm having a fucked up day, let people know I'm having a fucked up day. Not to, oh, pity me, but just to see that I am human and I do have my flaws and I do struggle. So the people out there who's looking at these pictures and these stories of mine and only see me posting things regarding the podcast, regarding the grow, regarding us traveling, regarding us having fun. No, I want to post more things that are going to be that can, you know, people can relate to me more and say, you know what? He's a genuine guy because I see that he struggles with this shit, but he finds a way to get up every day and still continue to push push on and have a smile on his face without complaining. That's the difference when people people don't see that struggle because I don't complain about it. I just try to keep on pushing. I complain to my wife, but not <laughs> anybody else. Yeah, I mean, you know, I have mixed feelings about that because I do think the highlight reel thing that everybody does on social media only showing the best thing is a very weird way to present yourself when it's a representation of your life. At the same time, certain emotions and feelings I feel like are should stay within the home and like almost private sometimes you know like maybe not everything needs to get put out there it's just finding that happy balance it's it's difficult I think it's difficult for everybody yes like I right would now. definitely say yes this, I will clarify like that not everything yeah, needs to be out there like, like I'm not gonna go in there talking about right. me and my wife problems like man I, right. I fucking she's doing this no it's just like as far as just like my maybe my career a little bit not like saying oh i lost my job today but just yeah yeah you know right. just like it's letting like, people yeah. know i'm more human than you think yeah i'm not an alien you think i'm right. an alien? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, for sure i mean yeah. it makes sense it's a cool philosophy i like that idea yeah. i think just showing curiosity showing people that you're trying to figure things out asking for input from people on what they think it shows that you're a work in progress more than the final product like which a lot of people are kind of promoting themselves like this is how I am. Exactly. It's, they didn't show the steps leading up to that. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dude, this has been awesome, man. Well, we're going to wrap this podcast up tonight, guys. 
Thank you for joining us, man. It's been a fucking pleasure. We definitely going to get you back. You know who we got to get on here as well with you? We got to bring your your wife and your sister-in-law. Yeah. We got to bring them on and let them promote their product as well and get you guys all on here. Get a whole family episode. Yeah. Talking about Clearly Faded, talking about the Canna Chick. They would love it. Dude, so we definitely get that going soon. You let us know. We'll set that up. Yeah, we're here, man. We're always down. And Definitely. If you want to go ahead and drop your Instagram names again one more time for sure, us. Sure, yeah. On Instagram, it's at Clostradamus, at Clearly Faded for the brand, and at Skate AC for the nonprofit. Thanks to everybody who's shown a lot of love and support throughout the years and all those organizations and just my skate career and just being friends and family. Much love to everybody. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining Thanks us tonight, Jason. Uh, again, peace and love, everyone. And I'm Leilani. I'm Davion. I'm Jay Klotz. Y'all have a good night. Yeah. Okay.